0: One of the things I try really hard to avoid is any flying, stinging insect. When I was a little kid, we lived in a pretty rural area in Central Ohio. We had a big yard, so my brothers and I were playing outside all summer. And of course, there were bees. I was old enough to know not to mess with them, but my next youngest brother, Steve, hadn't really learned that yet so sometimes i would show him that nice little flying thing a regular honeybee and encourage him to go and catch it with his bare hands and he did funny thing is i don't remember him ever getting stung when he caught them and whenever i saw something like that flying around like a wasp or a hornet i quickly left the area and found someplace else to play Steve did get stung in a few places once when we were camping, though. He happened to step on a bumblebee nest in the ground, and they weren't too happy about that. He got stung a couple of times on his face, so he was swollen up for a few hours. No allergic reaction, though. My guest today is Dana. She can tell you about getting stung. And it wasn't just her, her two kids and their large dog, were the targets of some pretty angry yellow jackets. They're all okay now, but it was an afternoon of chaos. Real people in unreal situations.
1: There is a girl hanging by her broken leg from the telephone wire,
0: and I called nine one one, and I said I found a baby.
2: I turned around. I see a gun pointed at me close enough I could touch it.
0: She would hold our heads underwater all the time. He levels the gun, pulls the trigger, and I go down.
3: Her eyes were full of tears. She didn't want to leave us. My hair catches on fire. I swear to God, this, is, this image is burning my head for the rest of my life.
0: I'm Scott Johnson, and this is What Was That Like?
2: Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with Therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts.
0: Had you ever been stung by a wasp or a bee or anything
3: prior to this? I have not.
0: I guess when you try something the first time, you just jump right in and go big,
3: huh? <laughs> I mean, both both feet from head to toe, apparently.
0: I want people to be familiar with. Who is involved in this story? Your family members? Who was there at the time?
3: My husband, Nick, was there. My son, Logan.
0: And Logan is how old?
3: Logan is 16. Okay. And uh, our daughter, Aurora, who is 11.
0: And you also had a dog.
3: Rocket. Rocket was with us.
0: I love that name, Rocket. (laughs) What kind of dog is Rocket?
3: Rocket is a golden doodle.
0: So pretty good sized dog then.
3: He's seventy pounds.
0: Wow. Okay, that's a good sized dog. Aurora is Nick's daughter, and Logan is your son. But you're all just one big family now.
3: That is correct.
0: And I understand what you told me. You're all in good shape and active. You guys run five k races and you go hiking. So you're you're sort of an outdoorsy kind of family. It sounds like
3: we are. We're all very active. We uh, Nick and I and Logan have run five k's together. Logan plays soccer recreationally and for his high school. Nick and I both work out in the gym. I'm a personal trainer, and Aurora is just 11. So she has the bottled energy of a yellow jacket, if you will.
0: All right. Now, you all live in Louisiana, but what we're talking about happened in North Carolina. Yes. Who's there?
3: My father, Tom, and his wife, Karen, live there. It's very rural. They live in a small town outside of Asheville, North Carolina, and it's a small plot of land that my stepmother Karen's family has owned since her grandparents, great-grandparents. It's been in the family for years, and it's a small little plot of land on a picturesque mountain right smack dab in the middle of nowhere. It's amazing.
0: It sounds amazing. It is. It's a 12-hour drive from your place to Tom and Karen's house on that mountain, and Nick left earlier.
3: We let me and Logan, Aurora, and Rocket left on Saturday, following Nick, who left the Friday prior on his motorcycle and took off-road treks all the way there. So it took him two days, and it took us 12 hours.
0: So he left before you, but he got there after you.
3: He got—he actually beat us there by about an hour.
0: It sounds like he kind of had his own adventure before the family adventure started. He
3: sure did. He sure did. And he absolutely loved it. And if you knew him at all, you'd know it's just like him. He he had a blast.
0: You guys left early Saturday morning, got there Saturday evening. Just take us through what happened starting around then.
3: Saturday evening, we got there around 6 p.m., and, of course, everyone was, oh, hey, great to see you. Haven't seen you. I haven't seen them in over a year. And uh, we went out for dinner to a pizza joint, and it was wonderful. We got back home Saturday night, uh, kicked back a couple of beers, as adults, and then we went to sleep that night. Sunday was Nick and my one-year wedding anniversary and my dad's 64th birthday.
0: So when you guys got married, did you, obviously you must have planned that. Let's get married on my dad's birthday.
3: No, we didn't at all. It just like, we said, okay, this date works out. Does this date work out for you? Does this date work out for where we want to get married? Can we have everything ready by then? And then I was like, oh shit, that's my dad's birthday. So one, I'll never forget my dad's birthday and I'll never forget our wedding anniversary.
0: (laughs) All right. So you guys are, um, you're celebrating. And what did you do that day?
3: We went shopping. Just, you know, went around. They have a, a small outlet mall. Uh we just walked around the outlets. We went and ate sushi because my dad was adamant. I want sushi for my birthday dinner. I want sushi for my birthday dinner. So we went to this uh small little sushi place that's in like this random shopping center. I think it had a Walmart in there. And it was wonderful. We were all full to the gills, went back home. We had been sitting around their house for maybe 15 or 20 minutes. And my dad says, hey, do y'all want to go hike up to the waterfalls behind the house? And it's about a mile hike one way if you go all the way to the top. So we're like, oh yeah, fantastic. That's what we came here for. Let's go hiking. So we gear up and we head out the back door. My dad, me, Nick, Logan, Aurora, and Rocket ready to go.
0: What time was this? I mean, was it getting close to dark or still had lots of time?
3: It was about 6.30 p.m. You know, it's dead of the summer, so it wasn't getting dark until around 8 or 8.30 at that point. Walk out the back door. You can get up to the top within about 25 to 30 minutes, depending on if you're walking at a normal pace or you're trying to keep up with my father, who is a machine.
0: Okay, good for him.
3: (laughs) Yes, something else. And how old is he again? He turned 64 that day.
0: Can you describe this place that he called, you said it was called the Falls. Yes. Can you describe what exactly, I mean, obviously it's a waterfall, but what what is it? What's it like?
3: Once you arrive at the bottom of the Falls, it's like a large, flat, slate-looking gray rock that water comes down in like a flat sheet almost. And then there's almost a cave where you can hike up behind that, underneath the waterfall, and kind of get back there. And someone actually, one of the guys that lives on the property, has actually put a small wooden bench up there that you can go sit on underneath of the waterfall.
0: That sounds like an amazing place to sit.
3: It is quite amazing. It'll give you chills, and it's very cool in there. Of course, you're up on a mountain anyway, but it's very cool. You've got the water just raining down in front of you. I mean, I've just never seen anything like it in my life.
0: So, you guys all got geared up, and did everyone go?
3: Everyone but Karen, uh, my stepmom. She was nursing a small broken bone in the top of her foot. She normally would have come with us. So, it was my dad, Nick, me, Logan, Aurora, and Rocket. So, we go out the back door of my dad and Karen's house, and... It's Their backyard is grass, and then off to the far right, which would kind of be, well, kind of be looking like south, there are grassy trails that kind of go off. And one of them you take, and it turns to a dirt trail, and it winds around there. You start to kind of go up, and then you arrive at this small pool. It's probably like a 10-by-10-foot pool that's about a foot deep. And there's large gray rocks that you can walk out onto into the middle of this pool where an other waterfall kind of trickles down the side of a like a wall, a rock wall. It's not an actual waterfall, if you will. But that's where it creates kind of the pool is right there. And so from there, if we hiked up a few more, I would say maybe about 20 feet and it's steps from there. It's like tree roots that are creating na- natural steps. And so you step up and we're all just stepping up these steps. And then you arrive at the bottom of the big waterfall with the large gray rock where the water spills over, rains down. You have the cave and the wooden bench right there. And that's from, from where we could hike up and go up underneath of the waterfall to the small bench. And that little that little jaunt takes about two minutes to get up from there. I did not have my device on, my watch on to show the elevation, but it is a trick. And then to get up on top of the waterfall, it's straight up. At some points, you've got to be on all fours to get up to that one. Uh, We were standing at the bottom, looking at the falls and my dad, hey, let's go underneath it to the place where the little bench is. So we all go up there. We're there and we're looking out. And, you know, at at one point I'm down because they all went first. I wanted to get a picture. So I take a picture of everybody except me. And I I don't think Rocket, I think Rocket was with me, take a picture of them. And then I cut, go ahead and hike up. And then from there, my dad says, let's go all the way to the top. So we're like, yeah, let's go all the way to the top. So we just start going up and it's, you have to go single file. There's not really a trail. So you're kind of like trekking through brush and trees and there's these large ferns that are grown like you kind of see like um in the northwest like it almost looks like i don't know oregon or something like that is kind of what i would describe and so we're just going straight up we get up to the top and then we're standing over looking down at at the waterfall where we were just underneath it
0: when you wrote this to me you said you guys all got to the top and it was an emotional moment for you why is that
3: i to okay I love the beach. I have an entire beach-sleeved, nautical-themed, tattooed arm. And the beach is normally my happy place. And we decided that the kids would have more fun if we went to see my dad and go hiking in the mountains. And so just to see, just to be there with my husband and our children and see them just having so much fun enjoying nature, Uh, Someplace that they'd never be able to to see where we live. It was it was heartwarming. I I almost made me cry. I was just so excited to see them having such a good time and being together with my family. It it was just it was very heartwarming at that moment.
0: And then things changed.
3: Then things changed.
0: What was the first indication of a problem?
3: I felt something uh, like sting on my right hip, and I was like, "Ow." okay, I must have been stung by something. Obviously we're nature. Okay. You know, I expect there to be stinging things here in the mountains, especially because this is like uncharted territory. We're not even on a trail up here. And Aurora at the same, you know, kind of moments like, yeah, something stung me on my shin of my leg. So, okay, again, oh, well, you know, you're not dying. I'm not dying. We're, we're fine. Let's, you know we'll we'll just keep keep rocking with it cuz my dad he has no quit. He's like, "All right, y'all ready to go back down?" So we're like, "Okay." We start going back down. So we're heading d- we're back down and now since we were at the top of the falls where you had to basically bear crawl on all fours to get up there, we're now sliding d- down from there. And we get down to the big falls where the bench is underneath of it. We're there. Okay, cool ready to go on back down. We get down the 20, 30 feet back down to the pool where there's, there's large gray jutting rocks everywhere. You can walk out onto it. It's wonderful. Again, me and my dad, we've, you know, he's lived there since I was like, I don't know, 17. I've done this hike a million times. Well, not a million, but a lot. So we're I'm letting the kids and the husband and, and the dog explore because my dad and I have done it all. So we're standing there, and we're just kind of watching. And you know, I'm just again thinking how happy I am that my family's here, and they're getting to see this because there's just nothing like this where we live.
0: I was thinking, you know, this this must be like heaven for Rocket, the dog. Oh, I mean, because he could just go exploring anywhere.
3: Yes, he's very well trained. Um, I only walk him on a leash when it is stated that I that you have to. Otherwise, he walks right beside me. He's never a problem on trails. He will go and explore, but not far. He he doesn't ever go far. But he's jumping around these rocks and he's, you know, smelling all of the the things and uh he's just in in heaven. If you're a dog, I imagine that was heaven, yes. So Dad and I standing there, he's kind of looking at me, I like, so glad y'all came. I'm like, me too, this is wonderful. And then something hits my ankle and it stings. And I was like, oh my gosh, well I looked down and I saw like a flash of I don't know, black and yellow. I thought, okay, it's a bee. You know, okay, whatever. Didn't sting me. And immediately to my right, Rocket starts to sneeze, flail. I I don't even know what he's doing at this point, but he's shaking so frantically and sneezing and batting at his face. I'm like, oh, maybe he's being stung by something. And then I'm like, oh shit, that's not something. That is a cloud of black demons sent here to kill us. We got to go. And Nick even confirmed after I asked him, I didn't say audibly. I just grabbed Rocket and took off running and taking the swarm with me. I didn't know what they were. I just knew there were flying, stinging insects, stinging my dog, and how dare they? And now they're stinging me, and we're running full sprint, down this treacherous trail that we had to do the big step ups and stuff to get up. It wasn't an easy trek on the, you know, in the first place.
0: How were you running with him? You weren't carrying him, right?
3: No. Okay. So he wears a harness. He doesn't wear a collar. So I had his harness in my right hand and I'm dragging him because he's still trying to, to get them off of his face, whatever it is. I'm swatting them away from my head. But yes, I'm dragging him by his harness being stung all in, in the meantime also.
0: So that's got to be confusing for him. I mean, he, he's having the time of his life, and all of a sudden, you're dragging him down the mountain, and he's got to get this stuff off of him. And
3: and I'm swatting at his face, and he d- he's never been hit before. So he's like, why is mom hitting me? What is happening? So he just keeps slowing down and cowering down. and In the meantime, he's still trying to swat at his face, and then I'm swatting at his face, and he's just like, you know what? I- I'm dead. And he just lays down. And in that moment, I'm, he's dead. He's going into anaphylactic shock. I have killed my dog. And in the meantime, I am on fire. And I still really, you know, I know he's being stung by something, but it never really occurred to me. I'm being stung too. And all I can think in my mind at that time, I'm on fire. What do you do when you're on fire? You stop, drop, and roll. I just dropped to the ground and started rolling, did nothing, did nothing for me, but it was all I could think of. And then here comes my husband and I just hear, get up, get up. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I get up and he's like, they're not, they're not going to leave you alone. We got to run. And I'm like, okay, let's, and then I'm like, where are the kids? Shit. Where are the kids? (laughs) And he's like, they're coming, they're coming.
0: Something I've been recently making a deliberate effort with is to read more. There are lots of books I want to read, and I try to read every day, even if it's just a few pages. That little bit each day adds up, and it can make a big difference. It's like taking care of your gut. Even though it's not big, it supports the health of your whole body. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits not just your gut and your heart, which aren't outwardly visible, but your skin too, which you can see. Every morning it's the same thing, two capsules of Seed DSO-1. And sometimes I wonder, is it normal to feel this great? It helps support digestive health with optimal gut bacteria levels. And thankfully that's all backed up by science, and all the supporting data is on their website. If you're trying to avoid sugar, soy, peanuts, or gluten, you're good to go. And I was reading the literature and I thought, you had me at vegan, because it's that too. And if you have kids, dso one is the first multi-strain symbiotic shown to be tolerable and health-promoting in a cohort of children aged 3 to 17. And you can use this promo code to give it a try.
1: Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com what and use code 25what to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seeds DSO-1, Daily Symbiotic, at seed.com slash what, code 25what.
0: I don't know how many other people do this, but I like to plan my weekly meals. Maybe I'm just weird, but I like quick and easy. That's just one of the benefits you can get with Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what before checkout to get 50% off your first week. One of the dishes I recently had was the Green Goddess Falafel Bowl. Oh, I loved it. The falafel was seasoned perfectly, and I love how crispy it is on the outside, but really moist on the inside. It's a signature dish of Enat Admoni. She's known around the world as a chef. You've probably seen her on TV, and her dishes are made right here in Florida, so I'm supporting local business, and I love that. And the convenience of Cook Unity is crazy. I mean, I've got podcast episodes to produce. I don't have time for cooking. These meals are delivered fully cooked. So when it's time to eat, I pick a meal based on my mood for that day. I heat it for a few minutes and enjoy. The menus are updated every week, so there's always something new to try. You can choose from over 350 meals based on your dietary needs or taste preferences, or go wild and have Cook Unity pick for you, because every meal is just amazing.
2: Make the best meal plan ever with the convenience, chef-level quality, and endless variety of Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using code what or going to cookunity.com slash what.
0: Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, Relax and get lost in the Daily Book Club.
3: Oh, in the in the midst of all that, Rocket won't get up still, and so I'm calling for my dad, the Mountain Man, because surely he's going to know what to do. He comes over there and he's like, "Come on, buddy, get up!" We finally get him up. He still won't won't really run. We're ha- I'm still having to drag him, and it's kind of at that point where I'm like. Nick has, you know, Nick and the kids have caught up with me and Rocket at this point. And I'm telling Nick, I'm like, you're going to have to carry him. You're going to have to carry this 70 pound dog. I, and I'm freaking out because I'm like, his legs aren't working. <laughs> he can't walk. He's, he's about to die. You got to carry him. So Nick scoops him up and carries him. And, you know, all that's happening. I still can't really think straight because I still can't really grasp. Like, I know we're being stung, but we're still being stung. We're, we're far away from, from. Where it all started? Why are we still being stung? My daughter's screaming. Aurora is screaming. She's saying he's going to die. He's going to die. I think she just kind of fed off of my fear because I was afraid for my dog. Then, in in the middle of her just screaming out words, she's shouting too. Oh, she's being stung. I didn't even. It didn't even. Didn't even think about it. And in the chaos, I didn't even realize my kids are being stung. Okay, a dog. My children. What have I done? What have I done? And I left them. I took off running and left them. My children are being stung. Aurora's got them embedded in her. Uh, they're just all over her in her hair. She had a, a ponytail. It's it's down now. I mean, and I, I don't even know what to do at this point. I, I, we keep running, I, I guess. Like how how long before we outrun whatever whatever this hell is that's chasing us? And then I I have the dog leash. Yeah, I always have it just in case. I have the dog leash in my hand. I begin to just recklessly flail this flimsy dog leash around. Like, what's that going to do? But I didn't know. So I'm like, you know, kind of like rodeo rounding it above my head and it's doing nothing except the metal buckle is clanking me in the face every time I try to hit something with it. So that does no good. I chuck that.
0: It sounds like all, all of your Initial responses was the wrong thing to do.
3: (laughs) They were wrong. They were so wrong. Which At one point, I thought, too, maybe I need to run back up to that pool and just jump in the water, even though I know in my mind it's like a foot deep. But everything that I kept, every scenario I came up with was absolutely 100% wrong, which can better attest to the, the fact that I have never been stung by anything before. I had absolutely no idea what to do. No clue. Just it was just complete chaos in my mind.
0: And what about Logan? Was was he being stung too, or no?
3: I didn't even know uh, who Logan was at that point until we're we're finally kind of back down at this point. And Nick is carrying Rocket and Aurora, screaming. Uh, I'm still being you know, I, it just felt like electrical zaps. So I'm still being zapped all over the place, and I kind of turn because I, here's I've accounted for Aurora, Rocket. Nick, where's Logan? Turn and Logan is kind of lazily jogging behind us, almost with a smirk on his face, like, why is everybody running? <laughs> he just kind of sees everybody take off running, and I guess he kind of starts to jog too. And then there's my dad behind him, just lazily jogging too, like, okay, <laughs> let's just run back to the house.
0: So you get back to the house. What's the first thing you do?
3: We run back to the house. Uh, we get back to the grassy area of the trail, and I send Aurora. She's the smallest, most agile. I also feel like they're stinging her. She needs relief sooner than all of us. She's the youngest. She's more scared. I scream, Aurora, run. We call, she calls Karen Mimi. Run to Mimi and say Benadryl. She'll know what you're talking about. Karen's grown up on this mountain. She knows. She runs, runs to the house, gets inside the house, finds Mimi. Mimi doesn't have any Benadryl. So Aurora comes back out the door. She doesn't have any. She doesn't have any. By this time, we're coming up on the back deck, all of us, and we get inside the house. And Karen is looking at me like, what happened? And we're all kind of shouting there. It was bees. Bees were, bees are singing us. They're singing us. They chased us. And she's like, okay, Aurora is thrashing on the floor at her hair because we, I still just, we didn't know the gravity of what was actually happening to her. And she has long hair. It, if she is standing it goes down past her elbows. She has really long, really pretty hair. They are all on her scalp. They're all stuck in her long hair. And so Karen and I begin to go th- I've already forgotten about the other people in the story at this point. I'm just focused on Aurora now because she seems to be the one that's in the most distress. Rocket's now lying down next to us. So we're trying to get to get the bees out of her hair. And every time we free a bee from her hair, Logan and my dad are killing them because now they're flying in the kitchen area where we're standing.
0: How are they killing them?
3: <laughs> my dad has a shoe off. Logan has a shoe off. They're swatting at them. They're flying in the kitchen. They're flying on the walls. They're killing them as they see them. There was probably about fifteen or twenty uh, inside the house. That one followed us in, and two, you know, we're on our person already when we came in.
0: It seems like it may have been better to do this outside on the deck. Instead of bringing them inside, would it?
3: I don't know. Every decision I'd made at that point was wrong. So I I didn't know, but I fit, I felt like my dad would have said, would have known best, but I didn't know to do anything except to come inside because also I'm thinking who's going to be allergic to this. One of us is bound to be allergic to this, especially rocket rocket is, he's got all of these little allergies, you know, so I was afraid mostly for him and, uh, I feel like, though, those little suckers chased us all the way to the back door. And they have uh, not a screen door, but like a storm door. It's like a glass door uh, along with the regular door. And you they were on the back glass door, almost like waiting for us to come back out there. Like they had chased us. My dad actually went back and clocked from where they started stinging us all the way back down was a quarter of a mile. They had chased us a quarter of a mile down a mountain Back to my dad's house, and we're now lying in wait on the back freaking door. Like it, it was just crazy.
0: You seriously pissed them off.
3: Oh, uh, Rocket! uh, God love him. Rocket pissed them off. You know the the time that we were standing there. There's no telling how long he was just kind of standing over their nest, and they they probably would have left us alone had we had we recognized what was happening and just gotten the hell out of there. But we were just kind of hanging out. Those little guys were like, "No, you're not." you're getting the hell out of here right now or yeah and they unleashed hell on us
0: i would imagine if they're killing they're killing these things with their shoes you guys weren't hiking in flip-flops
3: no, we all had on heavy duty trail shoes, you know, they're knobby on the bottom, they're big trail shoes. And we've just, it rained a couple of days prior. So there's also mud being flung everywhere inside the house. And uh, Karen and my dad are, you know, like I said, mountain people, we weren't real concerned about that. They're not uh really, you know, picky when it comes to things like that. Plus we're in the middle of chaos. So we're just slinging mud and, and bees everywhere.
0: You've got a triage. The most important thing gets taken care of first. So they all finally got out of Aurora's hair?
3: We got them out of Aurora's hair. They were not in my hair anymore, but they had stung me on my head, too. My hair's not nearly as thick and long as hers. So I guess they were able to sting me and then go, but they were stuck in her hair. Again, I'd never been stung by anything, and I know what she was going through because I felt it it felt like we were still being stung even after they were off of you the effect still felt like it's like almost time your almost every time your heart would beat you felt the sting again and so i know she was feeling that her and i both had little uh, fanny pack type things on and so there was a couple that had like gotten in there they were like on her little fanny pack and so they kind of stung her on her back and so she chucks that it's got her phone in it mine's got my phone in it i've chucked mine at that point is when I thought, okay, everybody needs Benadryl. Karen doesn't have any, but I brought Benadryl. And so I'm running, I, for the dog's weight, he, he takes it on the daily basis just because he's so allergic to things. So I give the dog his, his rations. I pop a pill into each kid's mouth, pop one into my mouth. And then I can finally think straight for, for a moment. And I'm like, okay. And I think this might've been the smartest decision I'd, I'd made for this whole time now is I told both the kids, we had, we had, you know, ex- there's plenty of bathrooms with showers. I said, both of you go. I don't care how bad it sucks. Get in a cold shower. Because the, the thing I'm thinking at this point is close out those pores. Cl- let everything constrict and they won't hurt as bad. And that was a great decision. I, I just had a stroke of genius with that. And both kids came out and they felt a hundred times better after they'd taken their cold shower.
0: How did Rocket do? Did he, did the Benadryl... Take care of him.
3: The Benadryl t- it seemed to do okay. Um, he, uh, I think he was just still uh, really scared. In hindsight, we didn't really let him go to the bathroom <laughs> before any of this happened, and so after I sent both the kids to their shower, I'm standing in a hall in adjoining hallway that's between these these bedrooms and bathrooms, and I look down and there's poop on the floor, and I I recognize okay well, that's Rocket's poop. So now I'm like, okay, he's, he's definitely an anaphylactic shock because he can't hold his bowels. He, he's really going to die now. And so I'm on hyper alert. Now I'm looking around. Where is Rocket? Logan comes out of his shower at that point And he goes, oh, yeah, he pooped in the kitchen too. Just all nonchalant. Like, what? Rocket hadn't had an accident since he was a puppy. He's almost five years old. What are you talking about? So now I'm like, where's where's Rocket. And Logan says, oh, well, Nick took him out the front door. Go out the front door, uh, you know, opposite of of where the Yellow Jackets are lying in wait from us. I was still a little nervous to go out there. So I go out front. Nick has poop all down the the leg of his pants where Rocket (laughs) literally, I guess, had the shit scared out of him and had just not been able to hold his poop anymore it just let it go it, Nick said he kind of came up to him and kind of didn't know what to do and kind of he sat on Nick's foot and and just pooped and it was all down the, the leg of his pants and it was all down the back of Rocket and if anybody knows what a golden doodle is you know what kind of fur that is and so it was just this huge mess and i'm just like oh my gosh like what have i done what have i done to my family my dog's shitting uncontrollably People are being stung. People were stung. Like I just delivered them to hell. It, it was hell.
0: You had not yet benefited from a cold shower. What kind of shape were you in at that point?
3: Once I saw how Rocket was was reacting with the pooping, all of my senses kind of turn off at that point because now I'm again I'm worried about Rocket, which is what I was worried about from the get go. Uh, the kids seem to be fine. So I I am like, okay, well, let me clean Rocket up because the last thing I want to do is keep him outside. I want him to be inside. So Karen, God love it. She brings me some soap that is for dogs, for sensitive skin. Like she just had everything except the Benadryl ready to go. And so we go over to the hose, we're washing off his backside. In that moment, I realize there are still bees embedded in his fur. And so now we're we're, there's no other way to get them except to grab them with your hand and pull them out of his fur. And now I'm terrified again because I'm like, God, oh, we're going to get stung again. I think it was kind of that point that w- whenever Karen was helping me, we or inside the house with Aurora, but in those few moments in between all that is when we realized they're yellow jackets, which I'd never encountered ever in my life. Karen being who she is, just like she was inside the house with Aurora's hair, she just starts grabbing them out of Rocket's fur. They're all in his fur. They're underneath in his underbelly. They're all in his tail. He has like a big long flag looking tail. She's just pulling him out with her hands like it's nothing. And she's like, well, there's one. Okay, there's one. She's pulling him out like it's nothing. I'm looking at her terrified. Like, how are you even doing this right now? We go inside. Everybody goes back inside. And that's when I say to myself, okay, I need a cold shower now. I am still on. That's when it really set in. My whole entire body is on fire from my, my scalp down to my ankles. I'm on fire, like all the way. So I jump in a cold shower. And I think at that point, I'd waited too long. I did not get the same benefit that the children got from being in the shower. I came out and I still felt just as on fire as I had before. And this is all of this time has passed. It's probably been about 20 minutes, which I feel like is enough for the allergy medicine to kick in. And I still had no effects from that either. I was still just on fire I was being struck by lightning every time I took a deep breath I felt like
0: and where were you stung
3: I was stung I don't even know how many times on my scalp right at the crown of my head and then in particular right behind my left ear on my scalp like you know, on your head right there and then I was stung on my side kind of on my rib cage and all over my butt and the backs of my legs I mean I counted 16 just between both legs, and then the one on my side, 17, 18, the one behind my ear, and I don't even know how many times on my scalp. There's just no way to count those.
0: So if you were allergic, like some people are, seriously, even taking that Benadryl may not have been enough to combat all those stings.
3: No, and, and that's that's kind of what I was thinking because now I've I've had my cold shower, you know, and I'm I'm thinking, okay, I should be feeling some relief at this point. And I wasn't. And now I start to almost feel feverish. And, you know, everything's calmed down. I think <clears throat> the adrenaline wears off. You know, we're just all kind of sitting in the living room, kind of retelling what happened. And I'm I I think I have a fever and I'm starting to feel really, really bad. And I I'm like, okay, I must be allergic. This must be what it feels like to have an allergic reaction. Thank God I took. The allergy medicine when I did, because who knows how bad it would have been if I hadn't.
0: Have you since determined that you are allergic? Or is there, you can test for that, right?
3: (laughs) I have not tested for it. I. Did not uh give myself my a chance to be tested for it outside at any way in any way shape or form after that or since then <laughs> so uh maybe that's something I should maybe uh maybe look into getting an allergy test, getting a panel done to see <laughs> yeah,
0: probably would be a good idea yeah <laughs> it's funny that how we pick out certain things to find amusing. I thought it was kind of funny when you said I saw poop on the floor, and I could tell. It was Rockets. It was Rockets. Who else's poop would be on the floor, right? Are
3: the kid, is Aurora uncontrollably (laughs) shitting herself now? Is Logan shitting himself? Who pooped on the floor? Mm -hmm. Has to be the dog. Has Mm -hmm. to be the dog. And I go in there, uh, because Logan, you know, she said, oh yeah, he pooped in the kitchen too. Like it was nothing. And I go in there, Karen has already cleaned it all up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. She's like, it's fine. It's fine. She just cleans the poop up too. Like it's nothing. Like she wasn't just getting yellow jackets out of Aurora's hair in the kitchen 10, ten minutes before, you know, it's just I was the only one. I guess Aurora and I were the only ones who were just freaking out. And, you know, at that point she's feeding off of me because daughters to moms, you know. So Logan, he he's just kind of talking about how he sees everyone take off and he begins to just kind of run behind us. Uh, he says at that point he was stung a couple of times, but nothing, you know, too alarming. He kind of found it a little comical while we were all, r- why were we all running like that when he, he couldn't see any intimate threat at that point? Like I said, I look back at one point and he's kind of smiling. It's like Aurora, sheer terror, blinding white fear. Can't really remember anything at this point, And it's only been about an hour. She remembers coming in the house and getting them off of her and taking the shower. That's kind of when her wits came back to her. She was just, like I said, blinding fear. She was scared to death. And then, you know, Rocket is our beloved dog. She was really scared that something was going to be wrong with Rocket too. So there's that. And then there's Nick who sees me dart off out of the corner of his eye, you know, and he's saying, yeah, I was just standing there and I just see you run. And he says instinctively, I start to run too. And then he's like, wait a minute, what about the kids? Still not really knowing why I'm running, until he's kind of, you know, with the kids, looks around, sees the swarms, like, oh, okay, all right, guys, <laughs> let's go. Aurora, go catch up to mom. You know, let let's just get the heck out of here. And then my dad, who kind of, like I said, was jogging behind us, also, he only got stung like once or twice. He really had no idea what was going on until uh, that point that Rocket laid down, and I screamed for him. Will help me get him up, help me get Rocket up. And that's when it, my dad says that's when he realized kind of what was happening. And then my account, I remembered every little detail, you know, at that point. And then I'm sitting there still in that moment, everyone else is chatting and having a good time. My dad and Nick are enjoying their beer and I'm sitting there and I can't even hardly drink my beer. I'm, my hand is shaking. I'm like still feeling like I'm on fire, but also feel like I got a fever at that point. And this is probably, like I said, a good 30 minutes to an hour. After everything had happened and we're all calmed down, showered and sitting around talking about it.
0: Does Rocket have any lingering effects from this?
3: Rocket just laid down and he doesn't pant unless, you know, we're, we've been playing outside or anything like that. He doesn't really pant unless he's got to go outside and go to the bathroom. Well, we already know he did that. So I know that's not, he's just laying there and he's just panting and I know it's because he's in pain. Um, and there's really nothing I can do about it. He would get up every few minutes and just kind of pace around and where he normally would have his tail kind of up he's always got it up he's he's a very happy happy dog so he's wagging his tail always has it up his tail was just falling limp behind him like i thought at that point too he's lost control of the use of his tail because he just wouldn't raise it up he wouldn't wag it he was i think he was just in pain
0: did you think about maybe putting him in a cold bath or shower also
3: we did, you know, we were, we had the soap when he had shit all down the back of his legs. So we did, you know, he got wet um, and that was outside hose water and that's mountain, straight mountain water out of the mountain. So he he did have that over the majority of his body. Maybe that did help him in hindsight. I I hadn't thought about that until you said that, Scott. Maybe that actually helped him too at that point.
0: Were you able to sleep that night?
3: I slept like I had been awake for five days. I think with the adrenaline, we, we all did uh, the next morning, everyone said, uh, the adrenaline rush. And first of all, just the hiking, you know, it's it's a trek. So, of course, that's going to take energy. Getting up there, coming halfway back down, and then sprinting the last quarter mile of it, and then being stung by bees, you know. For me, it was the most amazing sleep I'd ever had.
0: I'm picturing your dad the next morning saying, hey, let's go up to the falls. Wouldn't have been a popular idea, huh?
3: No, (laughs) we did. He, he. God love him though. He is just. He he is such a machine. He's like, let's go float the river the next day. They, you know, they in Asheville, the French Broad River. I don't know what y'all have there, but here in uh, Shreveport, we have Shreveport, Louisiana. We have the the mighty Red River that comes shoots off the Mississippi and comes through here, which you do not want to float that river. But this river, the French Broad River up there. It's so picturesque, you know, kind of going through the mountains. We're in a little rural area where you get on the tube and you float down, you know, the next day. So that's what he wanted to do. Had he said he wanted to hike up to the falls, I probably would have told him to kiss my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Dad, you're going alone this time.
0: So you weren't too excited about going back into the woods. How did everyone else react as far as being traumatized?
3: Aurora was a no. She she was a no. I was kind of a no dad nick logan they had no qualms about it they were they were fine with it um i think they just didn't get stung as as much as aurora and i had been stung so they they weren't uh worried about it at all going back up into because we did we hiked uh two more times in, on different trails after that
0: well that's the way you you know you, you face your fear right that's, that's what you gotta do I, I mean what are you gonna what are you gonna do just never go out in nature again
3: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you fall off the horse, you got to get back on. And so uh, we're there. This was the first full day we're there. We have all these other hikes lined up that we're going to do. What am I just not going to go? So we both just had to swallow our fear and just go.
0: How was it different, though, that next time you went out?
3: Every time something brushed my head, I heard uh, flying something in the distance, the chills and the fever automatically came back it was like my body reacting in a ptsd way and i have never had anxiety i've never been a really nervous person in my entire life and now i sympathize with those people who have anxiety and are nervous about things or worry about things because i never did now i get it and it was from yellow jackets of all things
0: well lots of them lots of them (laughs) Any lingering effects on you and the kids, like nightmares, anything like that?
3: No, the, the lingering effect. I think I am the only one that really has that. Uh, from then on, uh, we sit outside a bunch despite it being the hellhole of the United States here in Shreveport, Louisiana. It's very hot here. It was, and it was very hot this summer, but I still, we, we just sit outside. We like to be outside. So Nick and I sit outside in the backyard and maybe listen to music and Rockets out there with us. And the kids, you know, pop out occasionally and and talk. We just kind of sit on the patio. Well, I could not just sit anymore on the patio. I was on high alert. At this time, we've got crepe myrtles in the backyard. The bumblebees, the big bumblebees are all buzzing around. And I couldn't even focus on any kind of conversation because I'm so worried about one of those bees stinging. Not him or anyone else stinging me. I'm worried about them stinging me.
0: And Rocket is back to normal?
3: Rocket's back to normal. He's fine. He's he's out in the yard amongst all the, the flying stinging insects like it doesn't matter. He he's, he's fine. I'm the only one that has any lasting trauma from that.
0: Well, definitely a hike to remember.
3: One for the books, I tell you. I will say that we did go We floated the river. We also went down, if anyone knows about Asheville, North Carolina, we went down the famous sliding rock, um, which is where a river comes over this rock that's about the size of a motel and you can slide down it. And uh, we went on two other hikes, one really big hike that was about six miles. And uh, we made it up and down those hikes with no worries of any flying and stinging insects or anything like that. And we rounded out the vacation in just a really great way. We had a great time despite that and I would encourage anyone who's never been to the mountains I would absolutely encourage you to go and experience it for yourself it's just something that you can never experience uh, anywhere else except in those kind of mountains you know up there
0: you may have discouraged a few people from trying that too no
3: I, I don't want to uh, well my hope is that because uh, everyone Nick uh grew, my husband grew up in the country you know they would stab hornets' nests in the ground for fun and run from them. Like, it's what they did. I don't don't want to say I hope, but I feel like most everyone else in their life had maybe been stung by something before and would know what to expect. So maybe, I don't know, I hope I haven't discouraged anyone, but I certainly would understand why someone would not want to go (laughs) hiking.
0: (laughs) If you'd like to see pictures of Dana and her family, and Rocket, of course, Just check out the episode notes at whatwasthatlike.com slash 159. And I really have to say something here about that. I post every podcast episode on Instagram, too. And the name there is WWTL underscore podcast. But if you just search for the podcast name, you'll find it. Anyway, on one of the recent posts on Instagram, someone commented, You know, I really wish you could post pictures to go along with these podcast episodes. And I'm here to tell you, I do post pictures with every episode. You won't see them on Instagram, but you can always see them on the website page for that episode. Just go to whatwasthatlike.com, followed by a slash, then the episode number. They're all there. Go check them out. If you like this episode, you might like our other animal attack episodes. We've done stories about attacks by dogs, an alligator, an elephant, a shark, a grizzly bear, a monkey, and a rattlesnake. I think that's all of them. There may be another animal attack episode in there I'm not thinking of. Always looking for new ones, though. So if you ever get chased down and attacked by a rhinoceros, drop me an email so we can hear about it.
1: Hey Scott, I just wanted to thank you for putting out that podcast with uh, Stephanie who is date raped. I went through a similar situation in college. Luckily I did not end up pregnant, but I feel, I feel her, her guilt and her blame to herself. And there's definitely something that continues to, to go, go on. I have yet to go to therapy about it because of the embarrassment, even though it was quite a few years ago. I mean, we're talking eight, eight plus years ago uh, and I still have yet to address it and it took a lot to even convince myself to listen to that episode because I don't think I was mentally prepared to hear a similar story and I still don't think I was prepared to hear a similar story but I did it because I needed to make sure that my experience was was equivalent or right online with somebody else's and now I do know I do know it was and unfortunately I didn't report it either because I thought you know I'd probably be judged because I was underage and I was drinking and I'd probably be judged for what I did or how I was dressed or anything like that because I was in college and it was just a very heavy episode for me and I, I just really appreciate you putting something out like that that the few of us, unfortunately, can relate to. And um, that's just great. So thank you again, Scott. Keep up the good work. Bye.
0: If you haven't yet heard the episode the caller was talking about, it just came out earlier this month. It's titled, Stephanie Was Date Raped, and it's episode 155. Graphics for this episode were created by Bob Bretz. Full episode transcription was created by James Lye. And now we have this week's listener story. We get such a variety of stories, and this is how we end every episode. A listener, just like you, records a 5-10 to minute personal story and sends it in. I know you have a story too, and we'd love to hear it. You've been thinking about recording it, haven't you? I knew it. Just record it on your phone and email it to me, scott at whatwasthatliked.com. For this listener story, a content warning, there is discussion of suicide, but there's a happy ending that I wasn't expecting. Stay safe. I'll be back here a week from today with our next flashback episode. And on that same Friday, just a week from now, Raw Audio 37 goes live. Lots of stuff coming up. I'll see you soon.
4: My father has an older brother, um, my uncle Steve, and he's married to my aunt Pamela. And they had three children, um, two boys and a little girl. And their middle child, uh, his name was Chris, and he was like just a stud. He was so very handsome growing up, um, all through high school and college, Mr. Popularity, and just really, really intelligent. Uh, My uncle is a well-known physician in his area, and Chris was well on his way to becoming the same, um, just a really bright guy. He had a lot going for him, but he did suffer from depression. And in college, he also started taking really heavy drugs a lot, which, of course, made his depression even worse, and he was starting to spiral. And one night, he just couldn't handle life anymore, so he ended up taking his own life. He did use a gun, and to make matters just horribly worse, he shot his girlfriend before he shot himself. The bullet grazed her, and she survived She was fine, but he did attempt to do that, um, which makes matters all the more awful. Of course, my aunt and uncle were just overwhelmed with grief. Uh, The death of a child is always horrific. I feel like, add on to that, death from suicide is just another layer of heartache. So unnecessary. So many questions that go through their minds Anyway, uh, 18 years had had gone by since this had happened, and life goes on, um, has to, and their two other kids were adults now with their own children. And around this time, my cousin, Jamie, gets a Facebook message out of nowhere, really, and it read, Dear Jamie, this is Jack. Um, I'm writing you because my mother promised me when I turned 18 she would let me know who my father is. And it turns out that my father is your brother, Chris. And Jamie couldn't believe it. She went to his profile page, and it was like she was looking at Chris all over again. This kid, Jack, was this spitting image of her brother who had passed away so long ago. Um, And he was also such a good kid, such a sweet kid, Jack flew out to see the family immediately and and met with everyone. And of course, my aunt and uncle were just completely overwhelmed with emotion upon seeing this grandchild they didn't know about, a piece of their son right there, someone that looked exactly like their son. It was like having Chris back again. Jack, you know, now he visits them every holiday, and they're very, very close. And it's just amazing that they had such a miracle happen so far after this horrible tragedy, so many years of grieving. They had this boy that was just like their baby, Chris. And I really appreciate Jack's mother for letting him know, and I understand why she waited Till he was 18, the circumstances of what happened to his father and and what he tried to do to her were obviously something that uh, needed to be told to somebody who could handle it at a certain age. She did say that Chris did not know she was pregnant, and she didn't know she was pregnant when the incident occurred that night. So no one knew until 18 years later, and... They got reunited and it's just helped my aunt and uncle and my cousins heal in a a way they never thought possible to have a piece of their son and their brother there and just looking exactly like him, the same mannerisms and everything else. And it's just a blessing that they're so close. So it turned out to be something really beautiful at the end. It took a long time to get there and a lot of grieving, but I'm just really so happy for them that they had this grandson that they didn't know about, to cherish the memories of the son that they lost.